Everybody, welcome to another episode of Too Bad So Sad. Um, yeah, so today I'm gonna have another uh, storyteller on. Uh, her name is Janice Offspring. She's gonna ring us in in the year. So without further ado, here is uh, Janice Offspring. Oh, th- th- thank you so much, Charlotte. I really appreciate that. Um, so uh, if you haven't heard of me before, uh, my name is Janice Offspring. Um, I run a Ice cold yoga uh, program. Uh, it's where we do uh, cold yoga, and uh, it's really uh, it's it's there to help you revitalize your uh, everything in your body and stuff like that. Uh, so today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, New Year's and what uh, what it means to start the New Year's off uh, with your right foot forward. You know, it's kind of like a yoga pose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, first things first, uh, make sure that your New Year's resolution uh, is achievable, you know? Uh, Just make sure that um, what you're trying to do is uh, feasible and something that you could do, uh, you know, it's very easy. Uh, You probably do it like four or five days. Uh, So then the rest of you just kind of fuck off, you know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So um, what I decided to do is um, I'm going to collect $10 from 10 people. And I know it seems like what's what is what's going on. So, uh, but I need ten dollars because I'm ten dollars short uh, to keep my yoga studio. Um, I'm going on some hard times right now. Uh, apparently, uh, not a lot of people uh, want to uh, want to do cold yoga. It's uh, they say it's uh, Janice. It's too cold in here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's only negative four degrees. And so. Uh, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm having a hard time uh, trying to get uh, some people to, uh, you know, stay. Um, and apparently uh, there was a documentary that came out about Bikram Yogurt. And uh, apparently that guy's a piece, of, a piece of human garbage. And it's put a bad name on a little old Janice, you know. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm very physical, but in, a, in more of like a fighting kind of way, you know. Uh, uh, since you're so cold in uh, my cold yoga, uh, what, what I do is is I try to wrestle you. I try to make sure that you're, you're there, you're present. So what I do is I, I start to like throw punches, throw elbows, uh, some knees if I have to. Um, and it really keeps you, you know, in, really keeps you there. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional because this, this is my life I'm talking about. And I've only had about four or five people the best eight months sign up for my classes. And uh, it's it's hard, you know. It's really hard for me. Uh, I, I, a little backstory. Um, when I was younger, um, I came from nothing. I, I didn't have anything. All I had was um, a four-bedroom apartment in the Upper East Side. And uh, my parents paid for most of, mostly everything I did, but I... Technically, had nothing. Me physically, in my bank account, I had zero dollars. But I had a credit card that was to my parents, and it was unlimited. It was a black card. Um, but I, so I just decided one day, 
I was gonna sell my car, and it was uh, it was a, a 1975 Chrysler, and I sold it for two thousand dollars, and I was like, oh, what what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with my life? And so I was standing outside of a bodega, and I started to stretch, and it started to feel really good. And it was, I was in New York, and it was very, very cold. And someone said, oh, cold yogurt. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And they said, oh, you're doing yoga in the cold. I thought you probably would get that from just, like, context. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But I like you. I like your razzmatazz. I like your charisma. Do you want to go into business with me? So I took that $2,000. I asked my parents for, for another loan of $50,000. And I bought a studio. And so I started doing cold yoga. And it was a, it was a craze. It was, it was everything that I wanted it to be and more. I was having upwards of 50, 60 people a class. And I did eight classes a week. So by the time I turned uh, 40-something, I decided that I was going to get a little bit more physical. And so what I did was, is I started fighting people. I, I did it underground. Um, I made sure that no one talked about it. And uh, it was a hit, too. It started uh, really catching off, breaking off a different part of the city. And um, that's when the law came. So what happened was, is so one of these guys was a senator. I'm not going to name his name. But he... Uh, he got really hurt, and one time at my physical uh, cold yoga, so he uh, he called he called Johnny Law. He called Johnny Law on me, and um, I was very scared. You know, I again I had no money. I just had the money that was coming in from my yoga studio, and also my my parents' credit card. And I was like, well, I can't afford a lawyer, so my parents gave me a lawyer. They're like, Here, we don't want you to go to jail. And we know that you technically were at a point of hurting the senator. So uh, what I did was is, uh, I won the case. He threw it out uh, under a technicality, no down boo over. And, <laughs> and so, um, so then I was like, you know what? I'm giving it up. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go wander the woods. So I did a little mind cleanse. I started to walk. Uh, into the woods, and that was that was that was an experience. That was about four to five years of my life. I lived in the woods. Uh, when I first started, um, I had um, I, all I had was a sleeping bag and a tent, and I had to fend for myself. And then I uh, I was picked up by a pack of wolves. And I know what you're thinking. You your parents are now wolves. No dum dums. They didn't. They didn't adopt me or anything. I'm just. I started following them, you know, and so um, I started to learn the ways of the wolves, and so um, I started to, you know, like understand, like don't only hunt at night because that's when everyone's sleeping, and um, you know, travel in packs and um, don't eat bad meat. I found that out uh, after. That's about four or five uh, months to just don't eat bad meat because I started having crazy diarrhea, getting very dehydrated. And then um, I started to learn, um, you know, just about, like, wolf language and how to talk to wolves. And so what I did was 
is I started a wolf yoga studio. I started to teach all these dogs how to be nimble, jump up trees, and catch squirrels. And that was, you know, that was pretty lucrative. I was getting paid probably like uh, four or five squirrels a week. They would bring in squirrels and I would teach them some yoga. And um, so, <clears throat> and the, so what I did was is I, I started to get really lucrative, you know. I started, I was like, oh, man, this might be something I could do for a living, you know. Just maybe I could go back to the big city and you know, uh, start teaching, you know, dogs yoga. Um, but the only problem was is that I had fallen in love. Yeah, I fell in love with one of the wolves. His name was Koba, and he was the dominant one, but he was very shy. He didn't like, he didn't like hugs. He, uh, he really liked neck bites, and he liked humping me a lot, just on my leg, nothing weird. Uh, but it was kind of foreplay, you know, and I started to really love him. And so I didn't want to leave for the big city, but he was just like in in wolf talk. But I can't do wolf talk on the on this radio show because it's not going to make any sense to the listeners. But he told me he said, "Look, Janice, if you want to go back to the big city, do it. Make your dreams come true. But no one think I'm pregnant." And I said, "Eh, what?" <laughs> and he said, "I'm actually a girl this whole time." And I said, what are you talking about? Why, uh, why, I thought you was a boy this whole time. And he said, no, I'm pregnant. And it's yours, technically. Because in the, in the wolf community, you don't have to have sex with someone to be a father. And so I was a father to this little puppy. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should go to the big city or help raise my son. So what I did was, in the middle of the night, I took what left of the sleeping bag and tent that I had, and I left. And I never looked back. And it was probably the, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. And that was, that was eight weeks ago that I did that. And, you know, I get, I get handwritten letters uh, from people who, uh, who have told this story to. It's usually vagrants or people at stores in lines when they're taking too long. I like to chat it up. And they say, Janice, have you ever thought about, you know, you ever thought about going back? You ever thought about going to see what your, what your puppy's up to? And you know what? I don't think I can. I've, I've set out in my life to, to be a loner. That's why it's called Lone Wolf. Because if I went back, I wouldn't be a lone wolf. I would be a wolf in a relationship. And it, it, that's just too hard for me. I don't know if I could do it. So... That's one, is just have an achievable goal. Um, step two is uh, keep yourself accountable. You know, uh, set goals that uh, that you can do. And then, you know, if you don't do those goals, have punishments. You know, um, I'm back in, uh, in the summer of 78, I was dating Robert Redford. And he told me something very, uh, very useful. He said, just put the money in the trunk and run away before the cops come. And you know, I've been thinking about that for years. I've been thinking about what that means. And so what I interpret it is, just leave your worldly possessions behind and run away from Johnny Law. Because, you know, 
you know, you if you if you keep running, no one's gonna catch you. But you know who will catch you? Yourself. You can only you can't outrun yourself because if you try to outrun yourself, you're outrunning a person that is you, and that's physically impossible to do. You can't outrun yourself because you're you're you. You can try. You can have an out-of-body experience and try to outrun your physical body, but that doesn't make any sense. This is an insidious too. You can't have out-of-body experiences and then a big scary monster is going to try to take over your body. But what you got to do, you got to make sure that whatever you try to do, it has to have consequences. Doesn't matter what it is, if you're not going to get in trouble with the law, or with some sort of governing entity, then what's the point of even doing it? Because, what, well, are you going to go check out a book? Boring. You can't do that. Who wants to check out books? Get a Kindle. You can have 7,000 books on that thing. But you got you to gotta live life to the fullest. They say, you only live once. That's not true. You only die once. But if you like me, you die like two or three times. I had like seven heart attacks back in the day. And every time I had a heart attack, I woke up and I said, Oh, you can't catch me today, Death. It's not my time. And that's when I would start another I would start another business. I've had so many businesses in the day. I've had um say I had the cold yogurt, I had um the dog yogurt, I had uh and a business where I would make fake credit cards for college kids. And uh, it was just, it was kind of like a pyramid scheme. Like you give a fake credit card to your friend and they give one to them and so on and so forth. And uh, it was very lucrative. I made uh, upwards of $100,000 and I started my own festival. Um, and that didn't work out. But I also had a business. Uh, it was kind of like a chop shop, but for uh, for uh, baby strollers. Uh, if you brought in a baby stroller, I I would pay you a hundred dollars, and then I would uh, take apart the baby stroller and sell those for individual parts. And that was a good business. I made about three hundred thousand uh, dollars the first year. Um, I also did a business where I would uh, I would catfish basketball players. I would send them pictures of um, of like a very hot supermodel, and then I would ask them for like. For a couple of dollars every day, I would have again that uh, that was probably a four hundred thousand dollar for the first year. Uh, but you know, it's it's all about you got to you got to keep trying. You know, uh, for each one of those, I've served at least two to three months in jail um, because, like I said, if there's no consequences, then what's the point of even doing it? So the third thing about uh, keeping a New Year's resolution is, um, you know, make a tight schedule, you know, make sure that each day you have something to do, make sure that one of those things on the list of things you gotta do is very achievable, but also, you know, make sure that you can do it, so it's about planning, you know, um, I was, um, I was a four-star general in, um, in the, in the Navy, in the, in the British Navy, um, I, uh, I rose through the ranks, uh, because I, w- I started a bunch of uh, uh, made-for-TV British movies about war, and they said my acting was so good that I just decided to, to join, the, join the British Army. 
And so I rose through the ranks. It only took about, how long did I say, it was six months. I went from just recruited to in charge. And that was really fun, you know. I was very, uh, I could bounce a quarter off my bed. I could uh, I could do 100 push-ups, no problem. Um, that was, that was about seven years ago. That was fun. That was a good summer. Um, let's see. Um, what's the next thing about, uh, you know, just trying to keep, just trying to keep, uh, the New Year's resolution. Also, um, don't say, um, New Year, New Me. Because that doesn't make any sense. Because you don't just change who you are because the, the, the next day happened. Um, let's see. Um, oh, fireworks. I love fireworks. I started a business, um, when I was 16, making homemade fireworks. Uh, what I would do is I would go to the local fireworks stand, I would buy a bunch of sparklers, I would shave off all of the sulfur and whatever makes sparklers sparklers, I would wrap them up in duct tape and I would make little bombs out of them. And that was a very lucrative business. That's how I made my first. That's how I made my first cool bill. And um, you know that was hard. That was a hard time because um, apparently, if you inhale too much sulfur, it affects your brain in serious ways. So uh, for a while, I thought that I was an X man, but I wasn't obviously. Um, but I would go around. I would wear tights, and I would try to like. Uh, I would try to kill people with my mind. And I would try to stop crimes. Uh, but apparently, you know, uh, just inhaling sulfur does not, you know, it does, you, you don't just get X-Man powers from inhaling sulfur. So um, that was a hard time for me because um, I spent four years in jail, but it was white-collar jail, so I was uh, very pampered. I got really jacked, and so by the time I was 20... I wasn't even re able to drink, but I could lift a keg over my head, no problem. And it was very fun for me. Um, and so, um, so I, I, I thought that I was an ex-man, and um, I, tr I tried to steal a jet once. That was fun. Um, it was on a double dog dare from uh, Robert Redford when we dated. He said, listen here, Janice, what you got to do is you got to steal that plane. Because we have um, a bunch of hostages, and we have to get them across st uh, state lines. And I said, Robert, you're so crazy. Why are you saying things like that? And he's like, well, there's a secret society in Hollywood that um, we steal people, we take out all their blood, and we exchange it for ours. That's why everyone looks so young. And I said, Robert, you're speaking crazy. And he said, Janice, you know how much I love you? I'll give you some of my blood. And I said, Robert... We're going to be together forever. And then we broke up uh, three months later. Um, but I tried to steal a jet. And you know how, you know what's crazy about jets? They're so easy to steal. You know, you just walk in, you press a couple of doodads, and bing, bang, boom, you're in the Caribbeans. I felt like a pirate. I felt like Johnny Depp in there. So I, I stole a, a jet. And, you know, that whole experience made me really start to think about you know, uh, the New Year's resolutions and stuff, because, uh, as we all know, or as I know, as I'm going to tell you, is, uh, every, every January 1st, I do a cleanse. What I do is I 
slowly, over a period of about four to five days, is I'll slowly start to take off my skin. Now listen, not all of the skin, just the first couple layers. And it's, I call it my, my cocooning reckoning. And I will, uh, it keeps me looking young, and it keeps me looking, um, it keeps me looking like I'm not actually 47. And let me tell you, tomorrow is day two of, I, I'm actually going to start, when I'm done talking to this on this radio program, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and I'm going uh, to start taking my skin off. And I take the skin because it's kind of leathery. Yes, I know. It's kind of leathery because I am 47. And I will bring it to the less fortunate. And the look on those people's faces when I give them a leathery blanket made out of my own skin. I would trade the world to feel what they are feeling. It's something magic. So in the spirit of New Year's, start to think about other people. Don't think about yourself. If you're going to make a New Year's resolution, make that resolution to help somebody in need. Whether it be giving me $10 so I can keep my yoga studio. Whether it be slowly peeling off your skin to make yourself not look 47. And giving it to the those less fortunate. Think about other people in the new year. And you know what? That'll make you a better person. It'll make you feel something inside. So, I'm going to go start peeling off my skin. And I'm going to let uh, Mr. Which is, what's his name again? I don't even know. I'm going to let him go back and uh, thank you guys. And you know what? Have a happy Christmas. I mean, New Year. Have a good New Year. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, okay. Yeah, that was, so that was uh, Janice Offspring. Uh, she, she's Oh, she's starting to peel her skin off right now. I, I left the room because uh, she decided to take her shirt off uh, the second she came in the house. Uh, I guess it's hot in here. It's actually very cold, but apparently to her it's very hot in here. So she started like just taking off her clothes, and it made me feel very uncomfortable, so I left. And then so she's gone. Wow, that was uh, that was crazy. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll listen back to this uh, and see what she said. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, do a couple of of plugaroonies. Uh, we have a website, or I have a yeah. We have a website. It's called yeahdeed.com. It's y e a h d e e d dot com. It's uh, an umbrella where you can find all of the podcasts that we do. Um, the videos, blogs, merch. We have a lot of uh, like t-shirts and shit. Uh, you can get like coffee mugs and whatnot. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, and it helps us keep the lights on. You know, that's really fun. Um, and then I think we have my other buddy Devin has a show on uh, January 10th. And uh, it is to help our friend... Uh, who is going through, uh, who's going through something right now. And it's all, all proceeds go to help her and, um, 
you know, make, make her life a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, go to January 10th. I think it's at Southport hall. I have to probably look that up. Um, yeah. So we also, uh, we also wrote a book, me and, uh, me and the other Devin wrote a book. Uh, it's called poems to read to your stepdad. Uh, and it's a, uh, comedy satirical poetry book and it's available on Amazon. And I think as of today, it's available on the Kindle, but it's a lot cooler to have like paperback. You know what I mean? So, uh, go on Amazon and look up, uh, poems, to read your stepdad, buy it. And if we see you in person, we'll sign it. We could leave you a little letter in it. It'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I guess, um, I will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening and, uh, bye. This has been a Yeah Deed Media production. For more info and content, go to yeahdeed.com.